This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Cloudy today, high near 64. Mostly cloudy tonight, low around 49. Mostly cloudy on Tuesday with a high near 65. The complicated preparation work needed for the long-awaited demolition of several old IBM buildings in Endicott should be finished soon. Ten months ago, New York State announced a $6 million grant to the village to help cover the cost of removing five unused structures at the company's former manufacturing complex. The buildings are on North Street, east of McKinley Avenue. They've been vacant for several years and are in a state of disrepair. According to Endicott Mayor Linda Jackson, the actual demolition project could begin in a matter of weeks. The former IBM property, now known as the Huron Campus, is owned by Phoenix Investors of Milwaukee. Jackson said Chris Pelto, who oversees the Endicott site, told her that the workers are inside the targeted buildings now to separate plumbing and utility lines ahead of the demolition. The mayor said they should be ready for demolition by the end of October at the very latest. The process of tearing down the buildings, which contained 550,000 square feet of unused space, will be lengthy. Jackson said the job could take six months to complete. The school superintendent in Farmingdale, New York, says all the high school students who were injured in a bus crash on the way to a band camp are expected to recover. Superintendent Paul Defendini gave an update on Saturday, according to Newsday. The bus was carrying 40 students from Farmingdale High School on Long Island, along with four four adults, when it veered off Interstate 84 and rolled over about 45 miles northwest of New York City. Two adults died and other passengers were seriously injured. It wasn't immediately clear Sunday how many passengers remained hospitalized. In Broome County Court, Duchesne Murphy of Endicott was sentenced to eight years in New York State Prison, followed by five years post-release supervision after pleading guilty to attempted robbery in the first degree. Murphy admitted that on January 20th in the village of Endicott, he and another individual forcibly stole property from a 27-year-old male while brandishing a handgun. Murphy and the other individual approached the victim on Washington Avenue in the village of Endicott around noon, pointed a handgun at him, and stole his wallet, cell phone, and marijuana. Murphy fled and was apprehended a short time later by police on Adams Avenue where he was identified. Surveillance cameras from area businesses depicted where the handgun had been discarded and police located a loaded 40 caliber pistol. Murphy, who had a prior felony conviction in 2017 for robbery, waived his right to appeal. A tavern and restaurant called The Ward is expected to open in the next few weeks on Clinton Street in the First Ward. Patrick McMahon and Alfay Wilson have been preparing the site most recently was the home to T. Mulligan's Food and Spirits. Mulligan's had operated in the building at 58 Clinton Street until state regulators revoked its liquor license in December of 2017. McMahon and Wilson told WNBF News they're excited about the prospect of opening a new business in their hometown. He said although the word gastropub may be somewhat overused these days, it will apply to the ward. 
He said the place will have a menu that will include speedies and wings. The partners have been working to get the place ready for open. They said they're hoping, hoping the ward will be in operation by Halloween. The Pennsylvania Department of Transportation finalized an agreement with Norfolk Southern Corporation to expand passenger rail service on the Pennsylvania Amtrak line in western Pennsylvania. The agreement lays the groundwork for expanded passenger rail service in western Pennsylvania while simultaneously preserving a critical freight rail corridor. Pennsylvanians will have access to reliable transportation to western PA that will reduce commute times, help connect hundreds of thousands of residents, and boost local economies. This expansion of the service on the Pennsylvanians will provide key mobility and economic benefits. And bang up to Mayor Jared Cram and Erie Mayor Joe Schember. On Friday, wagered a friendly bet on the Eastern League Championship Series between the Binghamton Rumble Ponies and the Erie Seawolves. If the Rumble Ponies win the best of three series, uh, and Erie's mayor will send a sampling of popular Erie-based foods to Binghamton and make a donation to a Binghamton charity of Mayor Cram's choice. If the Seawolves win the series, Mayor Cram will send Erie a sampling of famous Binghamton delicacies, including Water Street Brewing Company beer, speedy marinade, and sauces from Little Venice and Lost Dog Cafe. He will also donate to a charity of Erie's mayor's choice if Erie, Erie wins. It's the first time Binghamton will play in the championship round since 2014 when the team won the Eastern League title as the Binghamton Mets. First pitch of this year's championship series is set for tonight at 5.35 at Moravito Stadium with the pregame show at 5.20 on the WNBF Rumble Ponies radio network. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Joseph. This is Binghamton Now. Monday, September 25th, 2023. I will now officially open the phone lines. I think we're going to start doing this every day know that the lines are officially open. Listen. It means the lines are open. <laughs> no, let's not do that every day. Not sure who <laughs> would want that. Anyway, hope you had a delightful weekend. I did. <laughs> An out-of-state adventure. Adventure. Anyway, I'm back in the Empire State, home of the Parlor City and other good stuff. Looking forward to baseball tonight. The uh, Rumble Ponies will be playing the Sea Wolves, and you'll hear the coverage tonight here at WNBF 
If you can't make it to the game. But if you're a fan, you'll make it to the game. If you're a real fan, you'll make it to the game and you'll listen to it on WNBF. So you can do both. You can support your favorite radio station and support your favorite baseball team. So we're looking forward for um, another big win with the Rumble Ponies. No pressure. The opening game of the Eastern League Championship Series between Binghamton and Erie. First pitch tonight, 6.05. So enjoy. Real baseball excitement. At the uh, ballpark or here on WNBF, a real baseball station. All right, now that we got the good stuff out of the way, now let's focus on corruption. A culture of corruption is what appears to exist in Washington, some will say. And the latest example appears to be New Jersey Senator Robert Menendez will be speaking soon to give us the good news. Now, the word has been that he... (laughs) planning to announce that he will run for re-election despite his indictment. The accusations are doesn't look good. I'm not not saying he's been convicted. I'm just saying it just doesn't look good. And this is not the first uh, brush with corruption for Senator Menendez. He seems to He seems to um, be able, I don't know if he's a corruption magnet or whatever. So, hey, we'll see what happens. What can you say? He's, um, He's Robert Menendez. So the fact that he was indicted last Friday probably came as little surprise to those who know him best. So, anyway, he evidently will be making some kind of a statement. And if he announces that he wants to run for re-election, it certainly is his right. He has every right to run for re-election. So, again... I don't believe he's been convicted of anything yet. So. But we'll monitor that and see what happens. I'm sure there will be a lot of people. A lot of people waiting to hear exactly what he has to say. So we're standing by keeping an eye on him. The uh, corruption beat. Yeah, let's take a call. The lines have been opened. It's 9.15. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? It's uh, John from Binghamton. Morning. You want to play that summer place again one more time? (laughs) Oh, okay. 
instant request from the now, big listen, N. Listen to the room. That's at the 30th Street Columbia Studios, also known as the church. Listen to the sound of the room. It's beautiful. And what year was it recorded? Uh, 59, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I love that. That's when music was music. You can't recreate that if you had a billion dollars. A billion dollars. You couldn't recreate that sound. So you're telling me that Elon Musk, even if he tried, he would be unable. Even if he threw $44 billion at it, he would not be able to recreate this sound. No, uh, some of it's the analog equipment, some of it's the players, they're all all gone mostly, uh, the arrangers, uh, you know. Uh, the only guy that would stand a chance of recreating it would be Jimmy Webb, because he has command of the instrument. But uh, someone like, for example, David Foster, who has no command of the instrument whatsoever, uh, would, would uh, you know, he's the big thing now that shows you uh, how bad it's gotten with those insipid Michael Bouillet uh, songs. I yeah. mean, this was got... actually recorded on 9-11, 1959. Yeah. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah. So it was, uh, I'm not good at math, uh, 64 years ago this month. You're right. Three, pi three pianos in that room. Mm -hmm. Columbia 30th Street Studio. Three pianos, three grand pianos. Really? Two, two for one. Uh, person, Vladimir Horowitz, that you couldn't touch, and one that anybody else could play. <laughs> if they knew how. <laughs> yeah. It was nicknamed uh, the church. Yeah, I think it's gone now. I think they both, uh, it's either another building or they bulldozed it, one or the other. Well, according to Wikipedia, so take it for what it's worth, this may be true, or maybe somebody just put this on the Wikipedia entry. Demise, recession woes combined with high operating costs. Uh, for the energy-inefficient old church spelled the beginning of the end for the studio. Columbia Records failed to buy the building when they abandoned their contracts with the studio in 1982. The building was demolished, a 10-story residential apartment building called the Wilshire, completed in 1985, was built on the site. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's funny. New York did not have for being the center of the music business, New York did not have a great choice in re, uh, recording studios because most of them did jingles. And, uh, you know, it wasn't until the record plant uh, that, uh, you know, they got the upgrades. But, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was... I'll give you a better studio than that. There was one, it was a, it was a hole in the wall in the Look building. I don't know what that real name of that building is, but an old-timer was where Look magazine was... And it was a, a a couple of closets, and uh, Bob Dylan did a lot of his original work there. I even forgot the name of the studio, but anyway, uh, what I called about Avatar here, Studios. Is it really? Wait, wait, hold on a second. No, that no, that's another studio used by Mr. Dylan uh, at the Look Building, though, at the corner of Madison and Fifty First, the cake-like Look Building is named for the magazine that we all once loved back in the day when magazines were, were a big deal. Structure um, 
housed uh, the magazine from 1937 to 1971. It also contained the offices of music publisher Whitmark & Sons, who recorded early demos of Bob Dylan. In July 1962, Dylan recorded the first demo for the song Blowin' in the Wind in a 6 by 8 room at the Look Building. And since then, the building was added to the New York City landmark list in 2010. An album of Whitmark demos was actually released that year called the Bootleg Series. The Whitmark demos, 1962 to 1964. So we all have learned something here. Yeah, you, you, you don't have to be at Trident. You don't have to be at the Moody Blues to level to, uh, to get something down on tape. Now, Bob, uh, local government, local government. Uh, I was told at the Thursday's uh, legislature meeting that that 1% temporary tax that was put on, now this is a guy that's registered, he's a conservative, he's the only conservative legislator. He told me that 1% sales tax that was put on in 1994 was never going to go off, that they just extended again. Well, and, at least he's being honest. And I'm and, not saying that's right, but at least he's being honest. As far as I can tell, unless unless you become county executive and hold some sway over the county legislature, that, that sales tax, yes, technically, it was enacted as a temporary tax. It's never going away. If anything, in my humble opinion, they're going to add another percent at some point. And... What's interesting about it, he said it did does a lot of good work. So now we're not just into a a, a, a government that uh, views itself as providing uh, basic services. Uh, we're now uh, some sort of pseudo uh, Mother Teresa like uh, charity uh, that uh, the legislators feel that uh, they're doling and redoling, they're taxing and borrowing and spending. Uh, amounts to uh, good work, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, so that's why there's no hope. Now, if you buy a $30,000 car, of course, this would be $300. Now, the question is, after you sign your life away and buy the $30,000 car, uh, is that additional $300 uh, better under, uh, better in your wallet or uh, under the uh, preview of the Broome County Legislature and Jason Garner. I mean, where where does the average person think that that 1% of every dollar that they spend, whether it's on the Internet or at the local pizzeria, what, what, what does the average pub, a person public uh, think about it? Because it, it was a temporary tax. It By law, it has to be renewed and can and could not be renewed. And the idea, the idea that these people are tax cutters or shrewd managers, let me tell you what they got coming up in 2027, and it's on the county's financial report. They have a payment of $18 million on the tobacco money settlement. Uh, this, the, these geniuses in, in Broome County, uh, many years ago, turned a winner into a loser. They turned a uh, lump sum uh, they turned a tobacco settlement stream of income into a lump sum, and they're paying interest against it. And they, they, they have paid tens of millions of dollars uh, that they could have had in their coffers uh, by issuing these tobacco bonds. But 
the whole thing was back end loaded, and in 2027, for a few years, two, three, or four years, these payments skyrocket. So, uh, you know, I've I've had it. Uh, look at the salaries in Vestal, New York. Why would John Schaefer be paid a hundred thousand dollars? And of course, he's been there a good long time, and this would juice the pension. What is so complicated about the town of Vestal versus, say, the town of Union uh, that would require uh, a almost a three times uh, uh, differential in salary? Uh, uh, you know, I mean, they, once they get in there, if they get in there with enough like-minded people, uh, and the, the like-mindedness is let's dig into the taxpayers for all we can grab. That's the like-mindedness of these people. And they do it, and they've done it, and the Republicans are not the antidotes. It is time for people of goodwill people of goodwill to get in and stop this craziness because uh, there's no results here, Bob. Uh, there, there's a university uh, that has the ability to attract funding, and uh, there's a bunch of economic development swindles. How much money is Binghamton University now paying to the town of Union and the village of Johnson City and the city of Binghamton? They have their uh, agreement finalized. I know there's been a lot of discussion in Ithaca about how much Cornell will be paying in the coming years. What What is Binghamton University now contributing? We we know that they uh, apparently are contributing enough money to pay for one police officer uh, in their neighborhood, Corliss Avenue in Johnson. Say, what else are they contributing now to the local governments? Uh, uh, Bupkis, zero, nada, zip. Uh, and that police officer really, uh, that wasn't an additional police officer. Uh, that's someone that was on the force. And, uh, you know. And so now he's assigned specifically to the university district. Well, that's puzzling because I thought they had a university police substation and they were going to have six officers of the uh, Binghamton University police force down there to do that. So that that is see, well, maybe m- maybe that's not enough. Maybe we, maybe there was a uh, a conclusion by the local government officials and the university officials that having six university police officers posted at the university district maybe that was insufficient uh what i think it was is they saw uh, a liability problem maybe with some of the the uh, indigenous uh street people that are being displaced uh, by their presence and they wanted to avoid any type of uh uh incident uh, that might uh, reflect poorly on the university after all this is a a uh, 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 this is a a liberal. They're having a climate. You know, it's interesting. They have now, I believe, the only coal generated uh, power plant left, and uh, they're they're in, they're having a big uh, conference. On but do they use change. the do they use the coal generated facility on a regular basis now? Uh, I think they have to. I, 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 I mean, well, I, if they do, maybe they can host uh, an energy panel chaired by. West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin, he probably would 
look favorably. If that's true, and I don't know that it is, but can you imagine Senator Joe Manchin showing up? Maybe he could hold a news conference outside the facility. Well, getting getting. I'm not back, saying he should. By the way, I said, can you imagine? Yeah, uh, getting back to the original point. You know, uh, universities and property taxes are are uh, can be addressed, and they have been addressed successfully. For you don't have to look too far; you can go up to Boston. Uh, and I've said this before: the city of Boston could not function if they didn't get payment in lieu of taxes from their nonprofit hospitals and their educational uh, facilities up there. They they they, they couldn't function. Uh, just like Ithaca can't function without these payments. Now, uh, you know, I'm, I'm waiting, uh, the, uh, uh, university bought this property on Main Street. It was a dental office and it seems to be boarded up and, and, and they, they were claiming, uh, President Harvey was claiming that it was necessary to extend that footprint and then the blood bank came in. I think the world's largest blood bank uh, is there. I, I don't understand this uh, thing, but I, the average person, the average person is paying with no university affiliation, uh, is paying hundreds of dollars more than they would have to if uh, the uh, situation was resolved on that issue. Here's and new information about the uh, the allegation that coal is being used at Binghamton University. Uh, according to Karen Fenney, this is uh, from a uh, story, actually a, a column, an opinion column that appeared in Pipe Dream in 2017. And uh, a writer said BU should switch to renewable energy and took the university to task for still using coal and then appended to that column on top in bold, italicized, update. The claim that Binghamton University maintains its use of coal burning in its power plant is factually incorrect, according to Karen Fenney of the university. She said the university stopped burning coal in its power plant as of April 2016 and currently burns a combination of natural gas and wood chips. So that's that's as I thought. I, I, I know, you know, the facility is still there near the Bun Hill entrance, but it, it no longer uses coal. Well, that that's that's uh, well. It depends uh, whether it's good to know or 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 or, or not. Uh, I, I think we're all going to freeze to death. But that's just my opinion. Well, on the other hand, there's no danger of Joe Manchin showing up at the campus this week, so. Yeah, you know, I, I think the university uh, is a disappointment. I think the people that are here now, uh, people that want to spend eight hundred dollars uh, for garbage cans, uh, this this is the problem. These people don't have any wisdom. You've got wet. I mean, it's very great that we have this young mayor. This is supposed to be. Uh, look, the city has needed garbage cans for a long time. Uh, it also needs people to empty out those garbage cans, and it needs to get away from these. And because I, the reason it doesn't have enough garbage cans is because of this insane green garbage bag thing that the city got hooked up to. Trash is trash. You get it off the streets. You get it out from front of the house as fast as you can, and you get it up to the landfill. Uh, you, you know, uh, these people are in, 
fantasy land. The American Rescue Funds have uh, uh, lengthened uh, their uh, stay in this fantasy, uh, and and they don't seem to be willing to 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 pop out of it. But uh, and I, I would point, uh, you know, you, you you mentioned corruption with Menendez in the beginning of the show, and if you look <clears throat> at Erie County. Uh, where County Executive Pollenkrantz is under fire for a variety of, well, personal issues that dovetail with the dispensing of uh, uh, county funds under his control. Uh, We've seen that here, too, uh, without belaboring. The only difference is is that Pollenkrantz has admitted what he's done, and uh, Fred Akshar admitted what he did, uh, as far as uh, uh, funneling money uh, to a girlfriend. But yet, the county executive of Broome County has engaged in similar uh, behaviors. And we ha- and I've got the records, you know, when a person goes from, is hired at 32000 and goes to 53000 plus in less than three years, uh, that's a pretty good raise. Well... I don't know. You know, I when it comes to uh, government employment, there are a lot of things, a lot of things that I don't understand. But I've never worked in government. Thanks, John. I don't understand so many things about government. And usually, despite best efforts to find out, you, you can't get the real answers most of the time if you have questions but why a lot of times questions are why why this why that and so on 934 at news radio WNBF WNBF.com if you have thoughts we have our phone lines at 607-772-1290 it's playoff day in the parlor city I, for one, am looking forward to tonight's game. WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the Southern Tier money at Galt Toyota. Ah. WNBF, Andy and Vestal, you're on the air. Hey, good morning, Bob. Hey, I wanted to uh, first, I wanted to remind people who live in the town of Vestal, uh, obviously election time is coming up November 7th. Um, the real democracy for Vestal uh, people are having, they have uh, 
meet and greet at the Bessel uh, Library uh, on Thursdays from 7 to 8 for anyone in Bessel um, who would like to uh, ask questions of Maria Sexton or Glenn Miller or Robert Green or all three, you know, um, it, it is an open forum. Uh, so, uh, and they welcome uh, introducing themselves for people who don't already do not know them or know of their campaign or platform or uh, what their plans are uh, if if they uh, are elected in um, uh, office and when you know when they if, and when they start January first of next year. So that's the one thing I just wanted to remind people. I believe I sent you an email about this also, but I wanted to go on air and uh, say that as well. All right. And well, that, I, I appreciate the uh, the information. Hope you have a great day. If you see anything you going too, on sir. in Vestal, give me a call. All right. Thanks, Bob. Thanks. It's 940 WNBF. Paul in Owego, you're on the air. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Great. Hey, we have some some goofy things going on in the village of Owego these days, Bob. Oh, no. More trouble with the village people? No, so much the village people. Just the waterworks or public service. Last Sunday, I lost my wife's car. I knocked out the rim and tire, hit a hit a uh, DI, which has been exposed by the people milling the street. They had two different paving contractors that did a fantastic job in the village. And then we've got these clowns that <clears throat> are trying to, they're trying to be road pavers, and and what a cluster we have down here, Bob. The the road was exposed with no markings, so people lost their tires, their rims. It's it's embarrassing. We none of none of the usually they mark them out when when there's milling done. That was exposed for over a week. <clears throat> the company did some paving Friday night. And I don't know if you've ever drive down on Main Street in Owego, but a year ago, they a, a company out of Binghamton did the utilities, put some new water lines in, and the um, apparently they they rejected how it was left. And <clears throat> what's happened is they had some no bid outfit come in and. Um, I really don't understand how the public service is letting these people get away with what they're getting away with. There's There was a, over a tractor-trailer load of blacktop put on the people's private property. The company that did the job uh, apparently doesn't know how to... Uh, their mathematic, <clears throat> mathematics must be a failure. Um, they, they weigh over... Um, they put at least a tractor trailer load of material on their own property. They're paving for the waterworks and I've never seen the road in such deplorable conditions. It was better the way it was before they, they paved it and milled it. Well, maybe uh, they'll get to work on it this week and fix the problems. Well, they are going to have to redo the whole thing. It's, it's the, the pavement is, is just unacceptable. I, I don't get. I really don't understand how they they 
don't bid any of this stuff, and they just give it to these people. Hmm. And then they take a tractor trailer, a little material, and put it on their own private land. I just don't get it. Well, maybe somebody told them to do that. Well, when you have when you don't know how to do your job, and you have you know you you put a whole tractor trailer load of, of material on your own property. I mean that's getting ridiculous. Yeah, I they, I, I wouldn't I I personally wouldn't do that. And well, not only that, the people in Oswego that are paying a water bill are getting they're getting shafted. Bob, this is ridiculous. I, I think somebody needs to call the Public Service Commission and, and take, do an investigation on this. I don't think I the mean, Public Service Commission will do it. I don't think the Public Service Commission has the staff to do a real investigation. Well, what kind of, where are we at? We're just paying a lot more money for water. Well, for everything. For everything, everything. Let's think about it. Everything that's regulated by the New York State Public Service Commission, the only constant is we're paying a lot more every year. So that's what they do, basically, is they review rate requests and and then approve. Now, they may not approve the full amount that was originally sought, but that's how it works. So, And, and we'll just say hypothetically, if uh, some utility regulated by the Public Service Commission, really wants a 12% rate increase, then they'll put in for a 21% rate increase, and then they're probably going to get a 13% rate increase. I mean, you know, Public Service Commission will always, in my estimation, or virtually always, you can't say always, virtually always, Public Service Commission will approve rate increases for all the fine utility services we pay for as New Yorkers, right? Yeah, you know what I say, Bob? I think I'm going to drill, baby drill. <laughs> okay. Think, well, that might be the solution. That, you know, maybe yeah, think, maybe independent New Yorkers have to take the, uh, the energy matter into their own hands. Well, as far as water, I mean, drilling well, sure. water. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant water yeah. and natural gas and everything. Well, natural gas, you know, that, look at, listen, we had a, Patterson really mess that up. And, and, you know, they. It wasn't they, Patterson, it was Cuomo. No, it was Patterson. Patterson put the, the moratorium on drilling. Yeah, and but I, Cuomo, I, Cuomo I, was in a position to give the green light. And then yeah, he waited. He, he waited but until he a month after the election. He told me personally, Andrew Cuomo, the governor, told me personally in Binghamton, face to face, when I asked him, "Are you going to uh, announce your decision about fracking in the Marcellus Shale before election day?" And he said yes. And then he proceeded to wait until a month after the election, after he won another four-year term, and then. He didn't even have the courage to announce it himself. He had the announcement made by the DEC commissioner and his health commissioner. That's that's a portrait of courage. Look at those poor people in the nursing homes. I know. I know. It's I mean, bad. That, that, it, was, it was worse than bad. But here's the deal, Bob. I work for Chesapeake Energy. We move the drill rigs, Hodges. And I'm going to tell you something. There's way too much gas in Pennsylvania. They don't know what to do with it all. I know. And, and, and you know, and they're going electric. Are they out of their minds? You know, it's, you know what I say to my, my friends that disagree with what I say? When they, when we, when our electric gets all messed up, okay, because 
we've gone to solar and wind power, they're they're going to have to turn the switch back on to turn the gas on so they can they can run their electric cars. Well, and then they'll do that, and then we're going to get build again to get the gas out of the ground and into the system that we would have had already. Appreciate your call. Thank you so much. That is Paul in Tioga County. It's 947. This is News Radio WNBF 92.1 FM 1290 AM streaming at WNBF.com. Going to the back of the rack. Another classic, a classic Monday morning at WNBF. Fortunately, there will be no thunder today in the Tri-State area. Here's the complete forecast from the National Weather Service. Everything is looking better. Better than ever. Cloudy today. A chance of showers mainly before 10 a.m. So a chance of showers over the next nine and a half minutes. High today, 64, mostly cloudy tonight, low 49. Cloudy tomorrow, high 65, and mostly sunny Wednesday, high 67. So right now, uh, things are looking very, very good weather-wise here at News Radio WNBF, your official station that gives you the current National Weather Service forecast. We give you their official forecast. Right now, it's um, 50 in downtown. Uh, strike that. Sounds like the UAW. Strike that. It's 55. <laughs> now you're saying, what? Are you talking about Janine again? No, she's not 55. It's 55 degrees in downtown Binghamton here at News Radio, WNBF, air quality. Mm, mm. It's good at the moment, but it's on the, it's right on the fringe of being not quite as good. It's at 48 AQI air quality index. So, it's not, not too bad. WNBF coming up today. We encourage you to listen to Dan Bongino. If you want to know what he's thinking, tune in today and every weekday from noon to 3 right here on WNBF. Another thing to consider is when you want local news stories, if you're not paying close attention to WNBF News at 92.1 FM or 1290 AM, you can certainly check out our website, WNBF.com. Featured story right now is that new business that's planned over on Clinton Street in the First Ward. Tavern and restaurant called The Ward. Take a look. See for yourself. We actually visited the place, spoke with the partners, and got the story of what they're up to. The details are yours. WNBF.com. It's quite a history of that building, too. Back 
around 1919 or so, 1916, 1919. It's actually uh, a retail store for the Crowley Milk Company. So if you wanted to get super fresh Crowley Milk, you could get it right there on Clinton Street. Let's go back to the phones now at 9.53. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Good morning there, Bob. It's Dave from Vestal. How's it going? It's going well. Good, good. Hey, look, I got a topic for you, Bob. Um, road test to get your license. Uh, don't you believe they should be more extensive than what they are, Bob? I mean, I, I hear, I don't know if it's true, but on California, they make you go on freeways. They make you go on highways. Here, Bob, we don't do that. And then I, I, I taught my grandchildren how to drive. And, and they passed their first time, lucky them. But I know for a fact that they weren't that experienced in how they negotiated on and off ramps, you know, the highway. So there's a lot of people out there getting their licenses, Bob, that you should be scared to death of when they get out on the highway because they just haven't had, they haven't been tested. On, on right. I think they, they, they should have uh, a skills test. I think they. Sure. Sure. I think, I think it shouldn't be just a, a single thing. It ought to be a series of things. And, uh. I agree. So I'm going to encourage the New York State Department of Motor Vehicles to please, please, please beef up the requirements before we put these uh, new drivers out on the road. And I'm not talking just age-wise, you know, whether you're 16 or 66. When you get a driver license in New York, you need, in my opinion, you need to show that you're a competent driver, even if you're a new driver. You need to demonstrate that you know how to operate that vehicle safely. So, yes, I agree. Step up the requirements so New York State roads can be safer. That's my opinion. Bob Joseph live on a Monday here at WNBF. to hang out in Cherry Hill Park The game she played lasted all day to way after dark Oh, you don't say. Coming up, the news and then more of Binghamton Now. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Cloudy today, high near 64. Mostly cloudy tonight, low around 49. Mostly cloudy on Tuesday with a high near 65. The complicated preparation work needed for the long-awaited demolition of several old IBM buildings in Endicott should be finished soon. Ten months ago, New York State announced a $6 million grant to the village to help cover the cost of removing five unused structures at the company's former manufacturing complex. The buildings are on North Street east of McKinley Avenue. They've been vacant for several years and are in a state of disrepair. 
According to Endicott Mayor Linda Jackson, the actual demolition project could begin in a matter of weeks. The former IBM property, now known as the Huron Campus, is owned by Phoenix Investors of Milwaukee. Jackson said Chris Pelto, who oversees the Endicott site, told her that the workers are inside the targeted buildings now to separate plumbing and utility lines ahead of the demolition. The mayor said they should be ready for demolition by the end of October at the very latest. The process of tearing down the buildings, which contain 550,000 square feet of unused space, will be lengthy. Jackson said the job could take six months to complete. The school superintendent in Farmingdale, New York, says all the high school students who were injured in a bus crash on the way to a band camp are expected to recover. Superintendent Paul Defendini gave an update on Saturday, according to Newsday. The bus was carrying 40 students from Farmingdale High School on Long Island, along with four, four adults, when it veered off Interstate 84 and rolled over about 45 miles northwest of New York City. Two adults died and other passengers were seriously injured. It wasn't immediately clear Sunday how many passengers remain hospitalized. In Broome County Court, Duchesne Murphy of Endicott was sentenced to eight years in New York State Prison, followed by five years post-release supervision after pleading guilty to attempted robbery in the first degree. Murphy admitted that on January 20th in the village of Endicott, he and another individual forcibly stole property from a 27-year-old male while brandishing a handgun. Murphy and the other individual approached the victim on Washington Avenue in the village of Endicott around noon, pointed a handgun at him, and stole his wallet, cell phone, and marijuana. Murphy fled and was apprehended a short time later by police on Adams Avenue where he was identified. Surveillance cameras from area businesses depicted where the handgun had been discarded and police located a loaded 40 caliber pistol. Murphy, who had a prior felony conviction in 2017 for robbery, waived his right to appeal. A tavern and restaurant called The Ward is expected to open in the next few weeks on Clinton Street in the First Ward. Patrick McMahon and Alfa Wilson have been preparing the site most recently was the home to T. Mulligan's Food and Spirits. Mulligan's had operated in the building at 58 Clinton Street until state regulators revoked its liquor license in December of 2017. McMahon and Wilson told WNBF News they're excited about the prospect of opening a new business in their hometown. He said although the word gastropub may be somewhat overused these days, it will apply to the ward. He said the place will have a menu that will include speedies and wings. Partners have been working to get the place ready for opening. They said they're hoping, hoping the ward will be in operation by Halloween. The Pennsylvania Department of Transportation finalized an agreement with Norfolk Southern Corporation to expand passenger rail service on the Pennsylvania Amtrak line in western Pennsylvania. The agreement lays the groundwork for expanded passenger rail service in western Pennsylvania while simultaneously preserving a critical freight rail corridor. Pennsylvanians will have access to reliable transportation to Western PA that will reduce commute times, help connect hundreds of thousands of residents, and boost local economies. This expansion of the service on the Pennsylvanians will provide key mobility and economic benefits. 
And Binghamton Mayor Jared Cram and Erie Mayor Joe Schember on Friday wagered a friendly bet on the Eastern League Championship Series between the Binghamton Rumble Ponies and the Erie Seawolves. If the Rumble Ponies win the best of three series, uh, and Erie's mayor will send a sampling of popular Erie-based foods to Binghamton and make a donation to a Binghamton charity of Mayor Cram's choice. If the Seawolves win the series, Mayor Cram will send Erie a sampling of famous Binghamton delicacies, including Water Street Brewing Company beer, speedy marinade, and sauces from Little Venice and Lost Dog Cafe. He will also donate to a charity of Erie's mayor's choice if Erie, Erie wins. It's the first time Binghamton will play in the championship round since 2014 when the team won the Eastern League title as the Binghamton Mets. First pitch of this year's championship series is set for tonight at 5.35 at Moravito Stadium with the pregame show at 5.20 on the WNBF Rumble Ponies radio network. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Monday morning, this is Bob Joseph live at WNBF. Coming up in a few minutes, we'll have an opportunity for you to call and discuss the issues of the day. I'll let you know when you should call in. So be ready and be caller number one so you can talk live on Binghamton Now here on News Radio WNBF. Joined now by Kim Johnson of the Catholic Schools of Broome County Foundation. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm good. Good. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Happy fall. Yes, happy fall. Yep. It's a little chilly out there. <laughs> it sure is, but you know yeah. what? Only 181 days till spring, so. Yes. <laughs> Who's counting? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting to see my first robin of spring, so it's going to be... It's going to be a few <laughs> months. Anyway, you have uh, information about a, a special event that will be coming up halfway to St. Patrick's Day party, which is yeah. just a few days away. And I, I think this is uh, interesting. I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be interested in hearing about the special event that will be coming up on September 30th. Yes, we're um, we're very excited about it. It's our second annual Halfway to St. Patrick's Day party. We've also added a Shamrock Scramble this year, a um, golf tournament prior to the party. Um, it's, you know, just a fun day for anyone in the community to come out for it. Um, we have, you know, a kid's zone area with bounce house and games and, you know, activities for the kids. Um, we're under the tent. Um, from 3 to 7 out at the Commons um, in uh, Shenango Bridge. Uh, the Aheron Foundation is a wonderful, wonderful sponsor of the event, um, along with Marabito, um, M&T Bank, the Gallagher family, and McGurks. Um, and they help us really put this all together. Um, the Stout Men will be there all day playing from 3 to 7, as well as uh, BC Celtic uh, Pipe Band will be making an appearance. And then for us, one of the big special parts of the day is, um, and the main reason for the event is we get to honor our teachers. Um, we will honor our Richard Bucci Excellence in Teaching Award winner, who this year uh, for 2023 is Maureen Schmidt, um, an art teacher here at Seton Catholic Central. 
And then we also honor four principal award winners, one from each of our four uh, schools. So it's just a great, fun day, a lot of fun activities, like I said, for everyone. Basket raffles, 50-50, you know, a lot of different fun things. But then the main piece of it is for us to really honor those, those hardworking teachers. If people want to purchase tickets for the event, how can they do that? Absolutely. They can go right onto our website, um, csbcsaint.org, and right there on the homepage, there's a button where they can purchase tickets. We really strongly encourage um, people to try to purchase tickets in advance. Um, online ticket sales will end on um, Wednesday. There will be limited sales at the door, so we really do encourage people to purchase those in advance if possible. All right. So that's coming up on Saturday. September 30th, and as they say, people will be able to enjoy Irish fair. You know, I'm part, yeah. I'm part Irish. <laughs> I'm from my mom's side, so. Oh, very nice. Yeah. As am I. As am I. See? Let's see, some people, some people say they're, they're Irish only on March 17th. I say I'm a bit Irish all the time. Well, yeah. it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, hope people enjoy the weekend. I hope you have a great week. I appreciate your uh, getting in touch with us to let us know. We'll be coming up next Saturday. Yes, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Have a great day. All right, you too. It's Kim Johnson from the Catholic Schools of Broome County Federation here on News Radio WNBF. It's ten fourteen, and now we'll take caller number one six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety to talk on the air about virtually any topic. Some restrictions may apply. I'm Bob Joseph, live WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. Stay connected using the free WNBF app. From the Golf Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Shop Toyota, Chevy, BMW, and pre-owned at GolfAuto.com. are back and they're free. Get them now. Get them while you can. COVID tests are now available. Go ahead. Order a bunch. Order a big stack so you can get a COVID test free thanks to Joe Biden. 
Yeah, Joe Biden. The Biden gang from Scranton has announced that uh, they're giving out more COVID tests to their friends. So if you're a friend of Scranton Joe, be sure to uh, call in or I guess they also have the website so you can get more COVID tests so you, you're prepared for the next onslaught. 1019, let's hit some phones here. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Yes, Joe of Greater Ithaca. Morning, Joe. I'd like to, like to speak. Good morning. I'd like to speak about the electric bills and the Biden meters. Also known as the... Oh, the smart... smart. Oh, the, and I got my card finally on Saturday. I thought for some reason I was exempt because people kept calling in and said, well, I got a card about my smart meter and how can I... Uh, possibly not get a smart meter if I don't want one. And I thought, well, since they hadn't sent me a card, that maybe I wasn't on their hit list. But it turns out my card came on Saturday from NYSEG. You haven't got your meter yet, have you? No, they said uh, a guy. Well, no, it's not a guy. Hold on. I have my card here. I brought it in. A crew. And it's not a NYSEG person. It's uh, somebody, they, they hired somebody to do this, not NYSEG people, because apparently my guess is NYSEG people are unionized, so they would have to pay them more. So they have an authorized contractor partner who will install your smart meter. Says, I don't, even, I don't even need to be home. So it could be today when I get home, I could uh, take a look. The way I'll know is because all my... Uh, devices probably will be flashing because they have to turn off your power, they claim, briefly, and then they'll put in a smart meter, and then, then it says everything will be fine. The, uh, you'll know because it's much bigger and it's white. I oh, okay. Like All right. I want a brown one. Well, I want a brown meter. Yeah. Can't you, like for an extra 50 bucks, can't you order a... A customized color, something that would look yeah, better I, on your house. I can probably get it from uh, uh, Craigslist somewhere. Oh. All right. So, so bottom line is, you're you're looking forward to having your house uh, enjoy more intelligent power, juicier and smarter power, starting soon. Well, let's talk about the. Let's finish with a smart meter, and we'll talk about the electric bill here. The uh, yeah, the smart meter they can uh, do some things like shut you off remotely. <clears throat> One of the advantages. Well, that'll encourage people to pay their bill faster. Certainly, because it used to be if you didn't pay your bill, they'd actually have to send uh, some people out to your house to turn off the power, and they didn't like that because what I'm told is. Uh, on occasion, when people from the utility came to shut off someone's power for non-payment, sometimes it didn't go well. That's correct. Now, the uh, uh, they're talking about losing jobs. Okay, you got to look at a couple of things. There was a time when uh, the people that worked for the utility were called a meter reader collector. They would come to your home, look at the meter, calculate the bill on a piece of on a pad or something like that. No, not an iPad, just a paper. Okay, knock on the door, you come to the door, and they'd collect from you. You know, they had a little change thing, you know, like they used to have, because their bills were about a buck or less. 
And uh, so that was pretty labor intensive. So the idea of losing jobs, you know, the uh, one of the things is a lot of things they're going to have to put a lot of time and effort into building the infrastructure so these meters work. I mean, they they'll probably end up putting a transponder wherever there's a transformer, which is about every four houses or so. If you ever look around and see like the wire going up to the you know, up to the pole goes to a transformer somewhere along the line there. So that's going to take a lot. They're going to have to maintain the things. <clears throat> when somebody knocks the pole over, they'll have to repair that, take care of that too. So I don't think there'll be any lack of work. Uh, oh, I think I think it means ultimately the utility will have fewer total jobs. I, I don't see any any doubt that the workforce is going to be trimmed over the long well, haul, they, after these high-tech meters are put in. Well, the people that read the meters now, I think they're outsourced, too. There seems to be like a... Well, then they're losing their yeah. jobs. Just be, If they don't currently work for NYSEG, even if they work for BobSeg or whatever, uh, an independent company that employs non-union people so they get paid less, they'll still be out of work. What are they going to do? Live well, down well, by the river in a van? No, no, it's, it's like different... Different jobs are coming up, like I say, to maintain these things. Uh, to uh, oh, behind the scenes, you got to have you got to have to have different jobs. You know, these meters and stuff. You're going to be able to get online on your computer and see just how much you're using, what time of day you're using it, all that sort of thing. If it's a, your advantage to be able to change uh, the the billing so that you get a if you can, if you're using more off-peak, you're going to get a, a, a deal on that. Uh, a lot of things. It's always that way. Uh, you know, I started out. No, I can't. I, you know, I, I don't. I, I hear what you said. I, I don't believe that five years from now, NYSEG will have more employees than they do today. Oh no, they won't have. They, they may not have the right. employees. Okay, but the, the, the people will be doing it. Like NYSEG has far less employees now. Right, we'll and and for every every NYSEG job, every job with the unionized workforce at NYSEG, so even if every person who loses a job for NYSEG, America's favorite utility, uh, gets a job for a contractor, they'll be probably working for a company that's not unionized, and therefore they're likely to get lower pay and fewer benefits so in the end i don't i don't see i don't see where the people gain tell me tell me where the people gain it sounds like a gain for NYSEG. i want to know where the people of new york state gain from this well let's look at it this way like let's go back to 1950 or something and and there, again there were jobs eliminated things were changing all yeah, the time i know i know the history yeah. but i again I want to know, I don't want to talk about the 50s. I want to talk about oh, going well, forward the next 10 years. Tell well, me tell me how New Yorkers, average New Yorkers in the workforce, not high-paid utility executives in the state of Maine or in Spain, not how they'll benefit. Tell me, or shareholders, tell me how the average New Yorker, a person who needs to work till they're 67 or 75 before they can retire, how are they going to benefit from the smart meter? Well, when I was mentioning history, throughout history, in the future, there's no reason to, not to believe that new jobs come along, new things, some of them we're not even familiar with, are going to come along, and people are going to have, 
people have different jobs. Now, some people are going to be better off with a new technology, learning it and getting into it and making better than they would have if it didn't exist. Other people will, won't be as well off. Yeah, as in most so, other people. That's well, that's that's I, my opinion. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, so NYSEG will wind up saving a substantial amount of money over the long haul, thanks to the smart meter rollout, and then... The average person who has to pay ever-increasing utility bills, not just for electricity or natural gas, but for cable and for water and for their newspaper and for their food. I mean, those people, most of them, you're right. There, there are going to be some people who um, grab the new technology and and run for it, and those those people will be better off. I'm saying the majority of people likely won't be. Well, I mean, if you if you look at something like you take average, okay, uh, half the people on average are below average intelligence, half are above. Okay? Now, again, you got to look at history. Like what we had was we had very little mechanization, very little engineering, very little to do. So almost all the jobs didn't take a lot of a mental ability; they took physical ability. To do various things, you know, like building a building one brick at a time, et cetera, that sort of thing. So maybe we've reached the point where there's there's uh, not enough jobs for people that are below average, and that's not to say you're well. Then no. So what's going to happen yeah. to them? They're going to live in a van next to the river. Well, part of it has to be is uh, jobs that don't produce. No, no, you don't seem to have much sympathy for the people on no, no, on, no, on the no, lower no, end no, of the no. spectrum. I, I want to know when they lose their job, when they lose their job, as so many thousands of people have lost their jobs over the last three decades because of technology, uh, what are they supposed to do? Well, some of the things that are growing, particularly our medical field. Yeah, but a lot of people yeah. who work for NYSEG right now who might lose their jobs have no medical skills. No, you don't have, when I say medical, it's pretty broad. You know, one of the things I'm reading about lately is they say people don't socialize enough. You know, we're, we're losing that that kind of ability to since, since the pandemic particularly. So as far as like, like jobs that would, would almost be like volunteer something could be paid for. In other words, the, the wealth is going to be there. It's just how you use it. All right. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. You convinced me. Yeah. No, thank you. You convinced me. I, at first, I was skeptical. Uh, when the call started uh, eight and a half minutes ago, I was skeptical. But you have convinced me that the smart meters are a good thing, and I'm looking forward to getting mine. They're just part of the whole picture. I understand. That. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. That's Joe and Ithaca. And uh, hopefully they can get my smart meter plugged in and get it fired up so I can enjoy uh, smarter power, hopefully when I get home this afternoon. <laughs> I'm sure the dogs will be happy when the guy from the authorized contractor partner shows up to take out my dumb meter and put in the smart meter. I'm sure the dogs will welcome the smart meter installer enthusiastically. <clears throat> It's 1030 WNBF Binghamton. WNBF. 
WNBM, home of smart radio. Forget everything about dumb radio. Now you have smart radio to go with your smart meter. Serving you more intelligently every day. Smart Radio, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. <laughs> Smart Radio. A listener just uh, called my attention to um, some... Uh, Information also on my card about my meters being upgraded. There is a, a note here. If you are a residential customer and would prefer to opt out of our new standard smart meter for a monthly fee, you can contact us and then they have a phone number. It doesn't say what the monthly fee will be. So basically, what... What I take from that is if you are perfectly happy with the meter you have, and by the way, my electric meter seems to be operating perfectly. I've, I have yet to encounter a problem with the meter. Now, occasionally, every so often, due to storms or other factors, there may be a brief interruption in power. But, Never, never has there been a power problem or any other problem related to my regular old meter. But again, if if I want to opt out of the new standard smart meter for a monthly fee, I can certainly do that. But I don't know that I can. I mean, clearly, they if they're going to charge you a monthly fee if you don't want a smart meter... Um, and who knows? Who knows how much that is? I, I don't know. Maybe I'll give them a call to ask them how much that would be. But clearly, they're incentivizing you to get a smart meter because if you want to keep the meter you have that has served you loyally and, and perfectly over the years, uh, that meter apparently is going to be ripped out from by the hinges and then replaced with the fabulous new smart meter unless you pay them something a monthly fee okay hi wnbf good morning this is smart radio bob joseph at your service what's your first name where are you calling from my name is jeff from binghamton good morning what's up i just yeah. wanted to uh, yeah may i help you Yes, I just wanted to respond to your information about the smart readers. The, I called and asked about what the fee was going to be, and they told me it was $15 a month extra if I wanted to keep the meter that I had. Well, that sounds like $180 a year. Exactly. Sounds like $1,800 a decade. So obviously they want to replace them. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't. I, I don't want... have. I don't have a, an extra one hundred eighty dollars a year to pay for nothing. I'd, I'd, I'd rather use that to buy a tank of gas. Well, I agree. Okay. No, th I yeah, yeah. Thank you for for the info that you saved me a call. I here I was thinking that 
the monthly fee might be two or three dollars, but you say they they yeah, said it would be fifteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So did I, and so I said, well, thank you anyway. So yeah. I guess I'm smart meter. Yeah, okay. same here. You save you save me some time. Thank you. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Bye. Yeah, well, our listeners get answers. I appreciate that. I don't have to <laughs> call up because <laughs> I would think there is a problem with my phone. What? $15 a month? I'm sorry. I don't think I heard you correctly. No, you heard me correctly, Bobbo. Hi, WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi, Bob. This is Tom from Binghamton. Yeah, I called NiceVig also on that, and they sent me over to a company called Grid One. And I talked to Grid One people, and they said that the meter charge is 13 47 for each meter and I said each meter um, if, unless I unless they told me wrong or I didn't understand it correctly it sounds like both meters are going to be smart meters your electric and your gas meter and that's 1347 for each is what I've got here wow yeah grid one solutions is identified on my card as their authorized partner grid one solutions yeah. So, well, so what did you decide to do? So, after you found out well, the information, did you say, "But you still want to have your your um, current meters?" Well, the other question I asked was, "What's the capability of the meter? You know, is it can they shut you uh, on or off? And uh, can they change your, um, you know, if the grid is required? It doesn't have the power to feed all the meters that they can shut you off." I got kind of an indefinite answer on that. You know, like uh, like for brownout or protect protect against brownouts that they can selectively shut off certain areas and stuff. So my understanding with smart meters was that was what was the capability they were looking for, you know, long term, whether that's initially what they're going to do or not, I don't know. But uh, that was the information I got from them. Uh, hmm. As for what I'm going to do, I'll probably, yeah, I'll probably go with it for, you know, $26 or $27 a month. You know, now that is an addition. That's not does not replace your service charges that you get every month. Um, you know that you pay every month. Now, for example, your electric meter they charge you seventeen dollars a month, which is your basic service charge for your electric meter. Um, and then for your gas meter, they charge you eighteen dollars and thirty cents a month. Now that's assuming no usage at all. That would be the minimum. The minimum on that would be then the rest of it is delivery charges based on you know consumption. So the thirteen forty seven would be in addition to the seventeen dollars mm. for the eighteen thirty. So it's not part of that. Well, it's interesting. So it's interesting. I guess based on the latest information, I guess I guess I too will be uh, getting my smart meter soon. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that I have I, – I haven't budgeted uh, all that extra money this year or next for uh, for paying for the privilege of having of keeping my existing meters. So I guess yeah. – I guess I know the answer. They they help me. They help me with the incentive. So I, as they would tell me, you can save money by keeping your well, old meter, which – You know, when they send, they send the cards out – and say that, you know, you're kind of on, when you get the card, that means you're sort of online for when they're going to schedule, although they don't have a definite time. They did say for us that sometime between the 23rd of September and the 23rd of October 
they'd be installing here. But, you know, there was no mention regarding charges or fees or, you know, avoidance fees or anything like that. So, you know, in the card, it would have been nice if they had done that. I, yeah, that well, been a good thing, but. Yeah, but it's probably difficult because a lot of it depends on, I'm guessing at some locations, the swap out, taking out the old meter and putting in the smart meter, I think the swap out might be fast, maybe a few minutes, and then some places, depending on the setup, if it's more difficult to access, could take longer, so it might be difficult to come up with an accurate schedule. And so if they gave you, say if they said, well... Um, on Wednesday the 27th between noon and 3, we plan to put in your smart meter and say if they encountered some things at, at some of the other places earlier in the day so they got behind schedule, then then you'd be understandably annoyed if they didn't show up on on time or when they said they would. So it's probably better... Just to say, yeah, sometime in the next few weeks we'll get over there. As they say, apparently in most cases you don't even need to be home. So apparently, unless they have trouble, unless they have trouble accessing your meter, which probably is not true in most cases, it says you don't need to be present for your upgrade unless your meter is inside or is difficult to reach. So, Yeah, when the other fellow called in on... On the monthly charge, they quoted him $15. I, I don't know if that was uh, just a, a general number that he was given or if that's dependent on the on the site. I can say I was, for my particular location, I was quoted 1347 mm-hmm. for each meter. Yeah, well, maybe so, later. Uh, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't heard of a, of a um, gas meters were going to go smart meters also, but from what way it sounded like, it sounds like they're going to do both meters. Right. He said about changing the meter out, and I believe that he said about changing both meters out, so it says both to be changed in my notes here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I can't tell from this card. I mean, it doesn't yeah. doesn't specify. I just get the... Yeah. I'm, I've just, yeah, been under the impression it was going to be the electric meter. Seems seems swapping out gas meters would be uh, just more difficult, more time-consuming. Well, I asked, I, I asked the question because, and I told him, I said, we, I just had a gas meter change here, uh, and the answer I got sounded like they were changing the both meters. Uh, hmm. might be worth, if you do call, just verify that. But uh, Yeah, maybe I'll so give them a call because they. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing they would be happy to hear from me. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> the uh, you had the phone number there, don't you? The eight six six number. Yeah, I have it in front of me. So yeah. right. I may uh, may call this afternoon just out of curiosity to see what because it could be a slightly different fee based on your location. But at least we yeah. at least we have a general idea based on what you heard and what the other caller mentioned. So well, if I got it right, it sounds like, it sounds like both meters in a well, thirteen forty seven is would be the charge added to your. Uh, regular bill. Yes, it's added on as what's called, that's the other thing I was told, it's added on as a miscellaneous. If you look at the bills, uh, there is a, where's the line I saw? Supposedly there's a line for miscellaneous, uh, miscellaneous charge. I'm trying to see it here. Mm. I'm old enough to remember when you got your uh, electric bill or your cable bill, it just had a number. It was it would be like 
for uh, cable, it was like $9.20 or electricity, $37.08. Didn't have all these lines. Yeah, well, they, the, the PSC made them... Uh, uh, right. Yeah, they're now uh, required to do um, yeah, it's a, on, a full on breakdown. The first page, on the first page of your bill, there's your, your bill, which part of the second page, or page three and four, details your gas and electric uh, uses by uh, line item. But on the first page of the bill, it has one other uh, line item on there where it summarizes it. And then on the last line is miscellaneous charges. And that's where you said that the uh, offset charge we put in on that line. So it would be on the first page of be on the first page of your bill as a miscellaneous. So did they say how long these intelligent meters will last, or are they going to come up with even smarter meters in five years and swap those? <laughs> see, that's my concern, because technology never stands still. So I, yeah. I could see in 2028 we're going through the whole thing again with, you know, the smartest meters. I, I don't know about that, but uh, you, what you might do is check, uh, and I haven't done this yet, but I know that we're not the first to be using smart meters, so maybe finding other areas that are using smart meters to give an indication about that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, thanks for your okay, help. Well, that's what I got. All okay. right, you're welcome. Bye. Yeah, that's, that's good to know. It's 1046. Bob Joseph, WNBF. We're here for you at 607-772-1290. Do you want a smart meter or will you opt to keep your old meter for a monthly fee? What will your choice be? An important decision that you will make in the days ahead. This is Binghamton Now on WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. with Bob Joseph on WNBM. Why can't you see what you're doing to me when you don't believe a word I say? Priscilla in Binghamton, you're on the air. When I called NYSEG, they alluded to the fact that some people did not want to have a new meter because they felt like with Big Brother snooping into their lives. We did not discuss the fee, but I figure the fee is simply that somebody's going to have to come to your house and read the meter, and that's the charge they're going to charge you. Oh, that's true. That's right. They, they would have to still pay uh, an actual person to trudge out, whether it's uh, monthly or every other month, to actually do um, a read on your meter. So, Right. Okay, yeah. well, that makes sense. Now, Now I understand where they're coming from. With the new meter, they don't have to come to your house. They can, they just get it over the, you know, from right from the office. So, but coming to your house is going to charge you. Okay. Now I get it. I didn't get okay. it before, but thank you for, for explaining that. Now I fully support the concept because before I just thought they, they just wanted to 
to force it on us just because, but in fact, there there is a cost incurred by continuing to do the actual physical meter reading as opposed to the uh, what they'll be able to do with the smart meters. Right. Okay. All right. So um, anything else that they told you that you think is notable? No. Okay. Hey, thanks for the uh, the information. I'm I'm looking forward to my smart meter now. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Bye now. Yeah. Actually, that's good because I know for a fact that when they do come, and I think it might be every other month, but whenever they come, it gets the dogs riled because the dogs think it's probably um, a stranger as opposed to somebody from the utility company just reading the meter. So once the smart meter gets put in, then the dogs don't have to be rattled by by somebody coming to actually look at the meter. They'll be able to monitor my electric use in real time so they can see just, just how much power, and they'll be able to figure out, hey, he's conserving. Maybe I'll get a conservation award. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, it's Airport Road Bob. Yes. Just on that smart meter thing, I don't know if you know it or not, but you you can actually send in your meter reading once a month or take a photo and text it into NYSEC. Oh, I know that. I don't want to do that. I I really, I, I know that's an option. I'd rather have them come over and whatever, every other month, although I know that means inevitably some months I'm getting billed with an estimated usage that turns out not to be accurate, but but that's just uh, the price you pay. In the end, you wind up paying the right price, but uh, the estimated usage for some of those months when when they don't have an actual reading, you know, it can be either too high or too low, but that's that, that goes with the territory. No, I know that isn't an, an option, but I I guess, I guess I'm too busy. Well, the other thing is that you should know is that I'm told, and it could be true or not true. I'm not an expert, but the smart meters will transmit 24/7 continuously by Wi-Fi, and that it could affect your regular computer service at the house. Well, I better not. I'm just saying that. Well, okay. That well, if it affects my computer service, I'm going to send a letter to them. Okay. Well, but i got to make sure that I put the letter in a post, one of those mailboxes and not in a trash can. <laughs> you got it, Bob. <laughs> Have Thank a great you. day. <laughs> That'd be just my luck. Fire off a, a note to Ready Kilowatt. Dear Mr. Watt, it's come to my attention that my internet service is being affected by my new smart meter. I didn't realize this would happen. Can you send a person over and make an adjustment? Thank you. Your friend, Bob. WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hello. Hi. I like your choice of radio shows. You're listening to a good one. Sounds like mission control. Oh, yeah, uh, Houston, we uh, have a, an anomaly. You mean a problem? No, we have an anomaly. It's not a big problem. It's just we have an anomaly. 
All right. Well, if it's only an anomaly, can you leave us alone? We're about ready to go on break, and then we'll be back in 30 minutes, and we'll help uh, talk you through your anomaly. Uh, okay, thanks. I think we'll be okay. <laughs> 10.54, WNBF. It's a manic Monday, they said, at <laughs> WNBF. Bob Joseph live at WNBF. It's 10.57. I know, you'll be shocked, I tell you. Shocked at all the information you're going to hear. WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Pete, formerly of Estelle. Yes, what's up? Nothing. I got a, I got a guy, man. I got a guy that's got a guy that's got a guy that talks about the meters, that knows the meters really well. And the gas meter will communicate with your electric meter and then transmit the info is how it's working. So the electric meter is getting electricity from your electricity, which you're probably paying for. But the electric, the gas meter is going to have a small battery in it that lasts, I don't know, I think seven to ten years, and not have to change that battery out once in a while. But when they change your meter, your gas meter, they don't have to cut off your gas. Your gas is not getting cut off at all. But the electric is getting cut off for a brief moment. Or a couple minutes or so. Right. Not oh, hurry. okay. All right. So it's not the big thing. The problem that I'm seeing, and person who kind of is, knows this project very well is seeing also, is these grid one guys that come along, they'll come down the street and they'll do like one house here and one house there, then they leave to go to another house. Instead of just doing every house on the street at once and then, come, then going to the next street, it seems like they're wasting a lot of time going from streets to streets to streets instead of doing a whole bunch at once, you know? But I wonder if that's how they're being, I wonder if that's how they're assigned by NYSEG, and maybe there's a reason, maybe not, but, so maybe it looks odd, but maybe they're given a list instead of just do, okay, this block or this side of the street, do them all bing, bang, boom, if there's 10 or 12 houses on that side, then go to the other side and do the other 10 or 12. Maybe they have a list that they're supposed to follow, and maybe there's a reason. I I don't know. I'm just, it's a theory. But the person I I talk to that, that knows this project very well is like, what the heck are you guys doing? Get just do them all. Well, yeah. I, I, I don't know. So it's 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 that's talk about wasting a lot of time and money because that's just taking them a lot longer to do meters. Hmm. Yeah. I mean that's just that's a tripling the, the length length of the project instead of you do all the meters on one side of the street or, or walk back and forth across the street and do them all, and then you're done. You know now they're going to come back and do this. I mean the neighbor's house was done, but our house wasn't done. Yeah. What? You know that's just, that's bizarre. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so, for the uh, the insight. Yeah. Yeah. Keep right. me posted. If you hear anything else, okay. let me know. All right. Thanks. All right. I'll tell you if my guy calls me. Okay. Thank you. Bye. He's probably listening now. Uh, Dave from Binghamton writes, uh, while smart meters are wire- wirelessly reporting, they use a wide area network. I think I call it a WAN and not customers wireless. So I take that to mean that my uh, Internet service at home provided by one of our finer cable companies. I'm 
I'm under the impression that should not be affected when they install my brand new smart meter. It's 11 o'clock. More coming up here at WNBF. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Cloudy today, high near 64. Mostly cloudy tonight, low around 49. Mostly cloudy on Tuesday with a high near 65. The complicated preparation work needed for the long-awaited demolition of several old IBM buildings in Endicott should be finished soon. Ten months ago, New York State announced a $6 million grant to the village to help cover the cost of removing five unused structures at the company's foreign manufacturing complex. The buildings are on North Street, east of McKinley Avenue. They've been vacant for several years and are in a state of disrepair. According to Endicott Mayor Linda Jackson, the actual demolition project could begin in a matter of weeks. The former IBM property, now known as the Huron Campus, is owned by Phoenix Investors of Milwaukee. Jackson said Chris Pelto, who oversees the Endicott site, told her that the workers are inside the targeted buildings now to separate plumbing and utility lines ahead of the demolition. The mayor said they should be ready for demolition by the end of October at the very latest. The process of tearing down the buildings, which contained 550,000 square feet of unused space, will be lengthy. Jackson said the job could take six months to complete. The school superintendent in Farmingdale, New York, says all the high school students who were injured in a bus crash on the way to a band camp are expected to recover. Superintendent Paul Defendini gave an update on Saturday, according to Newsday. The bus was carrying 40 students from Farmingdale High School on Long Island, along with four, four adults, when it veered off Interstate 84 and rolled over about 45 miles northwest of New York City. Two adults died and other passengers were seriously injured. It wasn't immediately clear Sunday how many passengers remain hospitalized. In Broome County Court, Duchesne Murphy of Endicott was sentenced to eight years in New York State Prison, followed by five years post-release supervision after pleading guilty to attempted robbery in the first degree. Murphy admitted that on January 20th in the village of Endicott, he and another individual forcibly stole property from a 27-year-old male while brandishing a handgun. Murphy and the other individual approached the victim on Washington Avenue in the village of Endicott around noon, pointed a handgun at him, and stole his wallet, cell phone, and marijuana. Murphy fled and was apprehended a short time later by police on Adams Avenue, where he was identified. Surveillance cameras from area businesses depicted where the handgun had been discarded, and police located a loaded 40 caliber pistol. Murphy, who had a prior felony conviction in 2017 for robbery, waived his right to appeal. A tavern and restaurant called The Ward is expected to open in the next few weeks on Clinton Street in the First Ward. Patrick McMahon and Alfay Wilson have been preparing the site. And most recently was the home to T. Mulligan's Food and Spirits. Mulligan's had operated in the building at 58 Clinton Street until state regulators revoked its liquor license in December of 2017. McMahon and Wilson told WNBF News they're excited about the prospect of opening a new business in their hometown. He said although the word gastropub may be somewhat overused these days, it will apply to the ward. 
He said the place will have a menu that will include speedies and wings. The partners have been working to get the place ready for opening. They said they're hoping, hoping the ward will be in operation by Halloween. The Pennsylvania Department of Transportation finalized an agreement with Norfolk Southern Corporation to expand passenger rail service on the Pennsylvania Amtrak line in western Pennsylvania. The agreement lays the groundwork for expanded passenger rail service in western Pennsylvania while simultaneously preserving a critical freight rail corridor. Pennsylvanians will have access to reliable transportation to Western PA and that will reduce commute times, help connect hundreds of thousands of residents and boost local economies. This expansion of the service on the Pennsylvanians will provide key mobility and economic benefits. And Binghamton Mayor Jared Cram and Erie Mayor Joe Schember on Friday wagered a friendly bet on the Eastern League Championship Series between the Binghamton Rumble Ponies and the Erie Seawolves. If the Rumble Ponies win the best of three series, uh, and Erie's mayor will send a sampling of popular Erie-based foods to Binghamton and make a donation to a Binghamton charity of Mayor Cram's choice. If the Seawolves win the series, Mayor Cram will send Erie a sampling of famous Binghamton delicacies, including Water Street Brewing Company beer, speedy marinade, and sauces from Little Venice and Lost Dog Cafe. He will also donate to a charity of Erie's mayor's choice if Erie, Erie wins. It's the first time Binghamton will play in the championship round since 2014 when the team won the Eastern League title as the Binghamton Mets. First pitch of this year's championship series is set for tonight at 5.35 at Morabito Stadium with the pregame show at 5.20 on the WNBF Rumble Ponies radio network. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Good morning, this is Bob Joseph. Time for another hour of Binghamton Now on a Monday. This is News Radio WNBF. born flexible. I've gotten more flexible as governor. Uh, you know, you veritable Gumby uh, you need to be to be a governor. <laughs> uh, that guy. You could bend him, shape him, but he still had to leave early. All right, let's go back to the phones. Good morning. We go out to the Mile High City, Denver, with Kathy, who's actually from Endicott, but is joining us now from Colorado. Good morning. Good morning. With the sun shining bright and going to be 82 degrees today. Lovely. Lovely. <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't get a chance to listen to the whole program. You're talking about the replacing the meters. I'm wondering, is that going to eliminate jobs? 
for the meter readers? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's not. That, a good thing. Well, that's the whole. Um, I think that's one of the the main points. I mean, also, yeah, they can they can read your power consumption at any given time. So, say if they get permission in the future to charge really high rates for people who use power when they're awake and then really low rates, say after midnight when most people, most sane people are asleep. I mean, they could they could come up with all sorts of new wonderful ways of monetizing this. But, yeah, I would say meter readers, there's there's a job. It's almost almost as endangered as radio reporters. Yeah, isn't that a shame? The, the, the more tech, technology that we use, the fewer people are going to be employed. Yeah, that's called yeah. progress. So fewer radio yeah. reporters. Soon there will be no radio reporters and no meter readers. It's sort of progress. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's progress for the companies because the companies that own radio stations and utilities, they can pass the savings on to shareholders and also probably at the end of the year, it probably uh, amounts to a, a nice holiday bonus for the, the top people in charge. So there is a silver so, lining. So this is supposed to save money on, on their part, right? The electric company's part doing it this way? I believe so. And, and okay, so, you know, but, because as somebody pointed out, they don't have to go to the trouble of sending somebody to every customer's house or every customer's uh, business uh, every other month or how often they do it to, to actually do a physical reading. Yeah, so, um, so they're going to reduce our electric bill a little bit since they're going to be saving money. <laughs> I I enjoy your, your sense of humor. You could be uh, <laughs> a, a, a host of Binghamton now with that that kind of humor. I I agree. You know, and, and as as pointed out, but also as a listener, uh, I think correctly said, you can if you don't want a smart meter, you can call their toll free number and they'll set it up so you can get charged a monthly fee. Whether it's thirteen or fifteen dollars, you can keep your uh, plain meter. But I, I'm sure their explanation is, well, you know, we're going to have to incur a cost by sending one of our the few remaining meter readers. Let's face it, most people, I suspect, are going to say, eh, I don't really like the concept of a smart meter. I'm happy with the dumb one I've been using all these years. But you know, if you if you're going to charge me $180 a year to keep the old meter, well, put in your put in your intelligent, your smart meter. And um, right. so, so basically, we really don't have a, a choice. I mean, we have a choice, but not really. Well, that's they true of, of, of so many things. Yeah. When it comes to technology, oh. say like like with bill payments. Remember, initially, many many years ago. But I'm old enough to remember when you first could start uh, having your bill paid electronically or whatever or, you know, through automatic bill pay. Those things were, were optional. And then as, they, as be, they became more common and people became more comfortable with the concept, then they started to incentivize. So if you still are an old timer and want a traditional bill mailed to you, a paper bill, there's going to be um, – a charge, and sometimes it could be three dollars. Uh, sometimes it could be six dollars or or more. But that's that's what they do. 
They right, they right. incentivize. So you know if you if you insist, and trust me, they don't like you to insist, but at least they say, well, if you really are are dead set against using our auto pay service or getting your your bill sent to you electronically once a month, if if that really bothers you, you still have the option to pay six dollars a month extra, and we'll send you a paper bill. Yeah. Well, it is what it is, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, it's technology. Now, on the one hand, if I was running a company, any company, that's what I would attempt to do. I'm not I'm not saying that I don't understand why they're doing it. I'm just saying I, I guess probably some older people, well, and maybe it's not just generational, but probably my guess is people under the age of 50 – are like, yeah, of course. I thought, I thought you already had a smart meter okay. on my house. But, but for older people, it's probably going to be, well, we always had a meter reader, so why can't we still have one? And you know, nice example would be, yeah, you can, but there's going to be a, a monthly fee for that. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, I why. mean, you know, <laughs> hey, far be it for me to be critical. I'm just, you know, I'm just talking talking about the change all all i do i one thing i've learned when it comes to technology you can't stop it right you know yeah i i was one of the slowest like of media people around here i was one of the slowest adapters to get a cell phone this goes back decades by now but mm-hmm. you know once almost everybody had cell phones i still call me obstinate or whatever and I know some people have, but but I, I still, and then finally someone said, Bob, get yourself a phone. And it's like, but I don't want to. But get get a phone. We don't care what you want. You get a phone and end of discussion. So I got a phone and and now, look, I'm, <laughs> I'm addicted to it. So, you know, it's like, right. but yeah. I, I try, you know, and again, yeah, it's it's technology. Same as ultimately... Uh, the people who are most vocal about electric cars, well, I tell you, if you're around buying a car in five or ten years, you're not going to have a lot of non-electric vehicle options, the way it appears. Right. Unless something happens to change um, the trend of the industry. So, you know, I, I guess I guess we all have to, uh, as as some people might say, get with the program and stop griping about technology. Just you know, move on and 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 ask questions. I don't think questions are bad. I think, I guess, I guess what I would like, instead of them just sending me this postcard, I, I wish they would say on the postcard uh, more information, like frequently asked questions, like some of the questions that people are bringing up this morning, because there's room on the postcard to at least put say four or five bullet points of like commonly asked questions and that way people wouldn't have to you know call into their favorite talk show to to say i wonder about this and that so yeah oh well have a great day there and all right so are you are you living in denver now no no i'm visiting right now Oh, okay well, I wish yeah, I'd love to. I love to relocate <laughs> here, but you can't know. afford it. Yeah, no. yeah. Well, I, w- I wish I was there. I love Denver. Yeah, and it's Littleton. Yes. And that that entire. Yeah. I love. I love that entire area around around Denver, Colorado. It's just beautiful. Yeah. 
And, you know, it, uh, it's amazing to see uh, people just, you know, walking around, walking their dogs, riding bikes, or just jogging, uh, you know. It just it looks healthy. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's how I recall Denver. I, I They um, went to a couple of uh, baseball games out there. Um, yeah. And this is decades ago before they actually had their major league team. It was uh, a minor league team uh, back in the 80s at Mile High Stadium. And a really, I don't know, it's just it's just a vibe about Colorado that I really enjoyed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Appreciate your call. <laughs> yep. Have a great day. Thank you. It's 1120 WNBF. Hi. Oop. We lost a call. We lost a call. I can't believe we lost a call. 607-772-1290. We'll be taking calls till noon. And then Dan Bongino will be on the air to give you some of his thoughts. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We sell the ultimate driving machine at Galt BMW. WNBF. Power Radio. Empowering the listeners to speak their peace. Bob and Vestal, you're on the air. Was that that wacky John Leonard? Yeah. With with his uh, delightful wife, Yoko Ono. Well, he went cool. He, I, he was like my favorite musician. And then when he married her, he kind of went nuts. Mm, yeah, but be God. careful because she still travels into this area. I wouldn't be surprised that she and uh, Sean are driving around Delaware County listening. So be nice. Oh, man, she is so rich. Yeah, well, as she should be. She was she eighty something. She's got to be because Lennon would be over eighty. Yeah, no, it's, than yeah. It's hard hard to envision uh, Yoko Ono as. Yeah, let me actually let me look that A up. Friend of mine, you say Yoko? Oh no! <laughs> I liked her. I know a lot of people dis disliked her. I, you know, I wouldn't that, like no, her actually. Those guys were trying to be making an album, and she'd be in that studio. I know. I telling them what to do. If I, I was McCartney, I'd just get her. Uh, I know, but he was oh, tolerant. Man. He was tolerant. Yeah. Because was. I saw, I saw a lot of uh, that that documentary, and saw some of how she was, how she was during the recording sessions, and eh, you know, at least I, I know she was. To be blunt, she was an acquired taste. By the way, she's actually 90. Uh, I yeah. figured that because yeah. Lennon would be over 87. Yeah. She was six years older, I think. Yeah. So anyway, you know, nothing against her. She she was, I think, um, a, a very unique, strong individual. And now, did did that make <laughs> make things easy for for the members of the Beatles? Uh, no, but. It looked like they managed to persevere, even though she was... Yeah, Lennon just... I don't know. Lennon put all his... Uh, it was like his mother or something. Well, whatever. I don't know. You know, who are we? 
when it comes to people's choices, I mean, they seem, yeah, they seem to be happy. And I'll say, if they were happy, I was happy for them. I, it, it would be, sadly, we lost... We lost John in 1980. Oh, why yeah. did he move to New York City? Oh, he should have got a I, castle in England. Or, or, or better yet, on the hills of Vestal or... Yes. Yeah, or uh, South, or South Mountain or, or someplace oh, where... okay, so I want to talk about that nice egg. Oh, yes. I'm the kind of person that I don't have a computer, a cell phone. I don't like electric vehicles. I am from the 1950s. I don't like any of this stupid thing. And I work at IBM, so figure that one out. Uh, I just think that people have gotten so used to this technology, they can't even speak to each other anymore. Don't, don't people see that that's not right? <laughs> it's crazy. Well, I, I agree. People should be speaking with each other. I definitely I was watching Two and a Half Men the other night, and Jake and his little girlfriend, Charlie, comes down the stairs, and they're, beep, 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 and he, 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 beep, 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 and Jake laughs. Charlie goes, what are you doing? Talking. But you're in the same room. Yeah. Like, that's normal. They're on the couch, and they're doing their computer thing instead of talking to each other. I'm going, oh, my God, what a world we live in. Hey, this show has been good today. You know why? No politics. I don't know why. I've stressed this before. That just gets people wound up. It's so good to just hear people call about, like, nice egg and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know what to do about that. I don't think I want to pay extra. Well, that's why I think I bet 95% or more of their customers will just say put in the smart meters. I mean, I see their point of at least giving people an option, and I'd be interested. I don't know that they'll ever release the the figure, but they might in six months or a year. They might tell us what percentage of people chose to pay the monthly fee and didn't want a smart meter. I I would say it's going to be below 5%. I just paid my cable bill. I stood up there. And I, the kiosk was actually working today. I scanned it, put my money in, and left. For a few months in a row, they told me that kiosk is no longer available. Now today, the guy says, oh, yeah, the kiosk opened. I swear that cable company, nobody there knows what they're doing. Well, I they know exactly what they're doing. Uh, here's another thing about the cable company. And, and you know, even though I don't like paying the... Uh, monthly bill. I love the cable company. It's one of my favorite companies. And uh, the problem I have with them is they keep shrinking their news department. They, um, When they started, they used to have uh, a news channel. It was called News 10 Now. And they had a guy. He went and drove uh, one of those trucks over at Lockheed Martin. And a few minutes after, the guy from Lockheed said, it's unflippable. It can't flip. Well, the guy from News 10 Now proved, yeah, actually, we can flip it, and we'll show you how. And they, that's that was the promise of Spectra. No, then it was uh, Time Warner. So since then, they had lots of people reporting in, in places like Binghamton and Albany and all across the state. And since then, they keep eliminating more jobs. They just eliminated another show. And they, they're eliminating more and more at a time when we need more local news. This is the time 
in my opinion, for Spectrum News to step up to the plate. They're uniquely in a position to provide better coverage to places like Binghamton, Elmira, Ithaca, because we don't have enough radio coverage, we don't have enough newspaper coverage, we don't have enough even TV coverage. So Spectrum News, instead of eliminating shows and reducing their workforce, they should be going the other way. But they just eliminated another show. Now, don't you watch that Spectrum one? They cover Ithaca uh, all over. Yeah, but not Spectrum the Spectrum one. No, I, that's what I'm talking about. They don't do it the way they used to, though. They've cut uh, way back. What happened to Courtney? I loved Courtney, and they just, boom, she's gone. Yeah, that other girl, she was gorgeous, Courtney, for a time. Yeah, here's, uh, here's, <laughs> <laughs> it's I like hearing my weather from a nice chick. Sorry, I'm from the old school. It's uh, <laughs> unclear how many jobs are being eliminated, uh, according to uh, Syracuse.com. I saw this story in the Albany paper, I think, on Friday, and all they do, all they do is they keep cutting back. So now, well, I like everything. I know. But now more than ever, here's here's my offer to Spectrum News One, and I'll I'll say it publicly. I will personally, I will personally pay ten dollars more per month if they would reestablish the Binghamton operation that they had. Uh, I think about ten years ago. Give us back the Binghamton news we had, and I will personally, for the next five years, pay them ten dollars extra a month if they would reestablish the Binghamton news operation that they once had. There you go. Don't you think that's rather magnanimous of me? <laughs> Propose it to them, see what they say. Yeah, well, <laughs> can't hurt. Anyway. All right, well, yeah, that NYSEG thing, I don't know, yeah. I guess. Well, what it, are you going to do? They'll exactly. what they're going to do. Well, it's technology. Right, so Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, that's my solemn pledge. I will pay... Spectrum News, $10 cash money every month, in addition to what I already pay, which is, I won't tell you exactly how much because it's embarrassing. Yeah, because I, I, I'm not on a program. They have programs, you know, where you could save money, but I'm not on one of those programs to save money. So I will pay $10 more a month, $120 more per year. If they would re-establish their Binghamton Bureau and hire back the reporters, not necessarily the same ones because probably most of their previous reporters here now have other jobs. I bet a lot of cable companies would do it. Instead Instead, they're eliminating morning shows in Syracuse, Rochester, and Buffalo. So now they'll just have a statewide show hosted by Julie Chapman and Dan Bazile. I guess it's Bazile. I don't know. I remember Julie Chapman because she used to be on Action News here in Binghamton. And she's been with the cable news for a long time. So I enjoy the few times I see her. But we need more local news. Am I right, people? It's 1133. Back to the phones. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Nick Scalero from Binghamton. All right. What's up, Nick? 
Well, I know I called you before about the uh, spectrum, how the prices were so high and everything. And then uh, this was like a year or so ago. And uh, it ended up where you were saying you, you, you like spectrum and the news and all that. But I don't get spectrum for the news. I find other sources to get my news from. But, yes, you're right. They do cover a lot, lot more stuff like that. But, you know, being retired and having a limited income and I had to put a new roof on my house, I can't afford TV that costs more than my electric bill. And I know you're talking about electric bills and stuff like that on there. And my other thing was about, I called you one time too, about uh, Mill City. Remember Mill City? Not offhand. Well, you had your historian on, and we were talking about uh, uh, Mill City was Banton at one time before it was Pollard City. Oh, and okay. Well, then it, we has, had, it has been quite had, a while. That's right. And we had uh, two power stations right down there back in the old times that powered uh, the whole Bampton back then, a knitting company and another shoe company. And I, uh, we were talking that uh, they, the mayor did, uh, back at that time, did a, a study on whether to have hydroelectric because, you know, our rivers run 24-7, and they got this new uh, uh battery plant they want to put in and how are you going to power all these batteries up you know and i think the, the cheaper way is that is hydroelectric and i don't know why they're putting millions of dollars up and doing the roads and putting up all these uh wind generators when the wind is uh constant and not constant as the river is but what do you think about that bob oh i think they should do it yeah me too i mean cheap electricity is the best thing in the world i think and look Look what happened. So what? It, let's find out about that study. If you ever find anybody that knew uh, how that study turned out that we paid all that money for. Yeah, that's a good point. I'll uh, I'll snoop around. You're the man. Thank you, Bob. Have a great day. Thank you. Eleven thirty-five. WNBF six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. Listening to Binghamton now every day. You learn a few things when you tune in to 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. WNBF 11:38 with Bob Joseph, Tom in Shenango Bridge. You're on the air. Hey Bob, got some uh, information for you on those smart meters. Yes, I just happened to stop home, and lo and behold, there was a gentleman there installing my new smart gas meter. And basically, all they're replacing is the uh, the plate on the front that has little meters on it. And then the cover. And I asked him, how is it transmitting? And he said, it's not, I asked him if it was going to transmit through Wi-Fi. And he said, no, it's transmitting through a radio frequency. And I said, okay. And then I said, are you going to do my electric meter today? And he says, no, someone else will come and do that in a couple of weeks. And the, the two are completely independent of each other. In other words, there's no tie-in between the gas and the electric. They'll both transmit independently. 
Huh, that's okay. So was it a guy from the contractor, Grid One Solutions? Yes. Oh, okay. Very, very friendly. Yeah. Answered my questions, you know. All right. I'll... uh, I'll uh, be looking around. You know, I uh, after the program every day, I go out around the triple cities to report. So maybe I'll uh, spot one of these crews and just uh, obviously they're probably not authorized to answer questions on the record, but I'm sure they'd be willing to chat with me just generally about what they do. I mean, it's not like yeah. they're allowed to do a news interview, but just like with you. I'm sure they're willing to have a, a conversation, you know, if, if I just ask, you know, hey, can you show me how it works or can I watch you do one or something? They'd probably be like, yeah, whatever, we don't care. I mean, it's not, I don't think there's any need for secrecy, you know, of how it works. So, but I, no, I, I think it's think interesting. So. Yeah. No, I think it's, uh, I appreciate your, your calling in. That's a timely thing. And did you happen to notice if he, then went over to the house next door? No, he was still doing mine. I just stopped at the house for a minute to grab something, and I left, and he was still still doing mine. So I don't know if he's got more to do in the, in the uh, my on my street or if he's just, like the other gentleman said, jumping from one to the other. But I thought it was kind of, while he's there, why he doesn't do both. He just does the, the electric, mm-hmm. and then he said in a couple weeks, someone else will come and do the gas unless they're two different they get trained on one or the other i don't know it just seems like it's kind of foolish not to do them both while you're right there right well he also um by the way uh dave from binghamton also wrote about uh as some people have mentioned where they're not doing say a whole side of a street all at once dave wrote it's possible the reason they don't do every house on the street is some uh, installations might be inside and so some of those places might require an appointment and others are outside that don't need appointments. I take it your your meter as you described it is easily accessible. Yes, it's outside and you're right. Some people have in, inside meters so yeah, they would have to be home and probably have an appointment to go in and do those exactly. Tom, thanks for your call. You're welcome, Bob. Take care. And we get the uh, information information so now i think it's been basically smart meter 101 i know a lot more about smart meters than i did two and a half hours ago 607-772-1290 more calls coming up on a monday morning the first monday of fall binghamton now on wnbf WNBF, back to the phone lines we go on your Monday morning. And let's hit up line two. Line two. Mark in Windsor, you're on the air. Bob, we're talking about these smart meters. I can, it's either Wi-Fi or radio wave. And I can understand, you know, the electric meter, there's got to be a power source. What's it going to be on the gas meter? Is there a battery somewhere that, place in there that has to be replaced at some point or yeah they're they use a battery i believe and uh one person said the battery might last seven years somebody else suggested that maybe the last 10 years but these days they do have batteries that can last for several years maybe up to a decade because especially for 
um, items that consume very small amounts of power overall. So, yes, I believe the smart meters will have a battery that occasionally will need to be replaced. So how are they going to, you know, is that, are they going to know because it's smart? Uh, probably. My, my guess is that that uh, if they're able to take remote readings and do some other things with the smart meters, I would guess when the battery gets to a certain point that it might provide a signal or an indication back at uh, headquarters, wherever they, they do the readings, and uh, they would know that it needs to be replaced. Or maybe they'll just replace them sort of like clockwork every seven years. So say if you get a smart meter installed today, maybe they'll come back on September 25th, 2030. Sorry to do math on Mondays. but in, And re- just replace the battery before it goes bad. Well, there's a job for the meter readers. They can just be battery replacement people. Well, it sounds like a fulfilling job. <laughs> that was my only question. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Great yeah. show. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, what do you do? You replace batteries and the smart meters. Do you find that job challenging? Yeah, actually. What's the biggest challenge you faced last month? Well, when I spilled a, a box of a thousand batteries, I had to. It took me about ten minutes to put all the batteries I spilled on the street over in Washington Avenue. I spilled a box of a thousand batteries. It took me it took me nine or ten minutes to get all the batteries back in the box. But that wasn't so bad. Then it was the paperwork. <laughs> Every time you spill a box of batteries, you have to document it. I had to take pictures from 12 angles. And, of course, then there was the meeting the next morning. I was in the corner office explaining how that big box of a 1,000 batteries spilled all over the avenue. And somebody claimed that I only put 998 batteries back in the box, and they were suggesting that I intentionally kept two for myself. I insisted. I insisted to them. (laughs) I put every battery back in the box, every battery I could find. And I told them maybe the box itself was short two batteries when it was packed by the factory. And then they made me take a lie detector test. (sighs) (laughs) Sounds like a... Sounds like a new fall show on the Fox. <laughs> I married a smart meter. It's 1148, Bob Joseph. Natural intelligence. That's all you get here at the station. WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. And yes, streaming at WNBF.com.
WNBF Live. <laughs> I'll tell you when it's over. It's over in eight minutes. Not done yet. Not quite. Yes, I will stay till exactly noon. Well, we have uh, some news on the Menendez front, and this probably will come as no surprise. U.S. Senator Robert Menendez, a Democrat from New Jersey, has just spoken to the media. First time since his criminal indictment on Friday. The allegation is Mr. Menendez accepted gifts, including a luxury car, gold, and hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash in exchange for using his influence to bolster U.S. assistance to Egypt and to benefit three New Jersey business people. Senator Menendez is facing calls to resign. He said the facts will clear up the issue. In reference to the cash accusation, he says for years he's withdrawn cash to have on hand for the sake of his family. On Friday, the Southern District of New York bore charges against me. I understand how deeply concerning this can be. However, the allegations leveled against me are just that, allegations. All right. That is true. That is accurate. They're just allegations. And apparently there's no law. There seems to be no requirement that because of these serious allegations that Senator Menendez must resign his seat from the U.S. Senate. And um, with regard to that, Menendez said he will remain in office despite pressure to quit after he was indicted on the corruption charges. So... And that certainly is his right. I don't know. I can't say that's the best, best choice. I don't know. I mean, he has to make a decision that's best for himself and for his wife, who also is named in the indictment. So, it's... Uh, yeah, he's right. It's it's deeply concerning. He understands how deeply concerning this can be. Well, it's true. It is deeply concerning. And he, he's been down this road before. He has. He's faced allegations of corruption in the past, so... And he uh, wound up going to trial, and the jury was unable to reach a, a verdict. So, whatever, whatever. If, if I lived in New Jersey, would I personally wish that Senator Menendez would resign? Yeah, I think I personally would. But, again, I don't know if he's... Guilty of the charges. I don't know if he's guilty of some of the allegations or all of the allegations. I guess we'll just have to wait for the trials. 
would think that there might be separate trials, one for him and one for his wife. It's 11.56. Let's go back to the phones on this Monday morning. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Bob. It's uh, Hi, it's uh, Dave again from Vestal. Hey, I, I just wanted to concur with uh, uh, Bob from Vestal. You know, it feels really good. You know, he makes a good point. No politics today, Bob. It, it, it does feel good. Low pr- blood pressure stays down. I propose, since Friday is like uh, almost anything goes day, usually on Fridays, almost anything. I, I know there's restrictions. Mondays should be no politics, Bob. It feels good. I like it. I propose that I start working a four-day week, Tuesday through Friday. Oh, no, Bob. We'll have to pay. We'll have to. We'll chip in and pay you more just to keep you that extra day, Bob. We need you there. You can't go. Okay, I'll I'll keep working. Starting next week, starting October 2nd, I'll continue working on Mondays for um, additional compensation. Because, yeah. it, you know, it occurs to me we're in a, a crisis here in America in, in terms of the work ethic. And it occurs to me that not everybody is working a five-day work week the way I do. And it seems to me that it's about time that I get with the program and start working a three or four day work week like uh, so many other people. No, you got to stay. No, you stay there, Bob, and we'll drop speedies off Mondays. Lamb speedies. Yes. With yes. fresh Roma's Italian bread speedies. Whatever you need, Bob. Okay. You know me. I'm not asking for much. As as <laughs> okay. they say, I'm, I'll hold up my sign. We'll talk for food. <laughs> okay, <Bob>. thank you. <laughs> we'll talk for food. <laughs> well, that that Bob, he certainly seems, Bob Joseph seems happier on Mondays when he's being plied with lamb speedies on fresh Italian bread from Endicott. Hmm. <laughs> who knew? <laughs> who, who knew it was that simple to make him sound? More enthusiastic on Mondays. I think I think that's a pretty good deal. It's a win-win. The listeners win by having the continued service of the talk show host, and then the host wins by getting delicious lamb speedies every Monday morning. And no, let me stress, no, it's not too early. Nine o'clock in the morning on a on a Monday is not too early. Start eating speedies. It's five o'clock somewhere. So if I, <laughs> I want to eat speedies on Mondays, if that's part of the new compensation package, yes, Bob will continue to work on Mondays indefinitely. He'll continue to do the fine job he's been doing over the last few decades. He'll work uh, every Monday on the talk show from 9 to noon, and he will, in addition to his regular compensation, he also will receive two lamb speedies per hour. Yeah, that's a win-win. I think everybody, everybody would gain with that arrangement. Well, I think we had a good program today. The week is off to a fine start. Our first program of autumn. I like the way the season is sounding. 
So I will be back tomorrow morning. Of course, stay tuned to WNBF 92.1 FM and 1290 AM, as well as WNBF.com for the latest news. And also, you get the latest news on our website, WNBF.com. It's 12 noon. Enjoy your afternoon. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF 92.1.